Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. didn't see there it's too busy enjoying this uh local publication here of the 2005 wrestling almanac welcome to another edition of the all night long wrestling podcast he is your host he is a stallion i'm the fat kid i'm the enforcer and we are here with yet another edition of the all night long wrestling podcast and let me tell you something right out the gate i got a trivia question for you stallion ready for no. this oh good i'll embarrass myself on national radio yeah let's go okay sweet um who won the NWA World Tag Team Titles on October tenth, nineteen ninety-eight, and who did they win it from? Why? Why do you ask me? Why? The, wait a minute. Hold on. Did you say the NWA Tag Team Titles? Yeah, sure uh, did, pal. In did you say nineteen ninety-eight? Sure did. Yep, that's a real thing. I what the Midnight Express? I have no idea. Who, who was there even? Actually, you know what? You were six months away from the Rock and Roll Express. All right. What do you want to know first? Who won the titles or who they won them from? I just want this to be over. Um, okay, you sound like my wife. So, the previous champions were Tully Blanchard and Barry Windham. That surprise you? I mean, yes. Do you know who became the new tag team champions that night? Are you sure it wasn't Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart, the new Midnight Express? Uh, I'm positive it was actually the Border Patrol. Oh, good. When did this become a political podcast? That's what I want. Uh, I don't. I don't even know who the Border Patrol was. Listen, let me tell you something. In 1998, I'm going to give you some of the names of, of tag team champions in the NWA in 1998. <clears throat> CW and Pat Anderson, The Rock and Roll Express, The Headbangers, Bart Gunn and Bob Holly. That's the, the New Minute Express. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Knuckles, Nelson, and Eric Sbrachia. You always want to watch out for a guy with the first name Knuckles. Uh, Public Enemy, Knuckles, Nelson, and Dukes Dalton. Knuckles, Nelson was having a hell of a 1998. Stephen Dunn and Reno Riggins. This could go on all day. Anyway, <clears throat> we're back. All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. Boy, you guys are saying I missed you guys. I appreciated your interview last week with the galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander. And we appreciate you, too. Speaking of Chris Statlander, what do you know? She does the podcast next week, buddy. She's on NXT. 
what we are is we are springboards for success at the expense of our own. Yeah, I'm definitely being stepped on at some point. I feel like that's part of this process, right? So um, I am dookie. But it, good for Chris Statlander. Uh, very happy for her. She was very nice uh, to us, talking with us last week. Um, excellent interview, of course. And uh, she talked a little bit about her background, her training. Um, trained out here locally in New York, working a lot of shows. And uh, lo and behold, she's down at uh, Full Sail doing some uh, NXT stuff for the uh the old uh, wwe so good for her uh very happy for her. hopefully she gets a breakdown there or just get some doors open for her um and uh, nothing but future success for her yeah she was awesome we appreciate her coming on and uh at call me Christette on her uh instagram and her um what's the other twitter of course and speaking of instagram and twitter you're saying man i can't believe you guys are so close to uh hundred subscribers on YouTube. And frankly, neither can we, cause we've only been there for like six months, six American months. All right. So here's what we need. We need seven more followers to get us to hundred followers. Once we get us to hundred followers, uh, Joe's going to punch himself in the face with a brick. So I'll do that right now. If, if, <laughs> if anyone wants to, I will fall any, every person that follows us, I will punch myself in the face with a brick for every new follower. So seven, I will do it seven more times. If, if we get seven more followers as quickly as possible. That's, that's something to work on. So you wondered how you could find us. You go to Facebook. Um, actually, you know, start with Facebook, go to facebook.com slash all night long WP, and then head on over your Instagram and your Twitter at all night long WP, and then go to YouTube all night long wrestling podcast. Find us, subscribe to us. We've been doing the show for is this four years? It's frightening, but yes, this is our fourth oh, year doing the show. I've literally done nothing for four years besides this podcast. And now, okay, do are we good? Not really. Am I interesting? No, but I feel like we're getting we're way better than some other podcasts out there. I'm just gonna put our I'm gonna put us over, Joe. We're, we're we don't suck that bad at this. It is not you are you are correct. You are, that is not that is not a bunch of malarkey, as they say. So you uh, you are correct. We we do we try our best. We really do. Um, we're putting in one hundred and ten percent every week, and uh, you know we're trying to just bring you know some entertainment to some people and uh, oh get some get some guests on from the biz, the business. That's all we're trying yeah, to I mean, do. Listen, I'm not sitting here to put us over, but the names of people that we've had on this show, like. We don't deserve that. I mean, from Eric Bischoff, Shane Taylor, Keith Lee, Josh Briggs, um, Kimberly, Joe, the, the, like far people that are way too popular for us. But uh, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate you guys listening. And we, we have some cool stuff coming up with WrestleCon. Um, we're going to be at WrestleCon. We have a lot of tickets to the shows that weekend. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming on just just – Trust us. We we don't we we sell ourselves pretty short, but we don't sell you people pretty short. And speaking of selling yourself short, you know how to fix that problem because some people have that problem in 2019. Your first order of Blue Chew. You're coming up uh, short in the old Saxky. Here's what you do: you go to BlueChew.com, use promo code WPP. You get your first order of Blue Chew for five dollars. That's Cialis and the. Uh, a little uh, blue pill gimmick. The um, what was the other one? Uh, blue. 
What's the other? The Cialis and the other one? Viagra. There we go. Listen, those patent, those formulas are no longer locked down to just them. You don't have to worry about going to the doctor and being like, hey, doc, uh, the old uh, Brajol's not working. We don't worry about that anymore. You go online, you order your first order of Blue Chew, and it's there like that, and you're ready to go. BlueChew.com, WPP is the promo code. You pay $5 shipping and handling. You get your first order on the house, on the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. And if you uh, you want to enforce something in the bedroom, that's what you do. You tell them the enforcer and the stallion sent you. Actually, now that I say our nicknames out loud, they both sound like they're innuendos. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Well, like you said, oh, people- if you want to have a bang, right? Am I right? Oh, boy. a bang energy. I would yeah. love to get a sponsorship from them. Yeah, listen, one of these one of these weeks, I'll drop an innuendo on the Blue Chew read, but I'm going to save it for another time. So, yeah, what are we talking about this week, Mike? We're talking about the uh, – I mean, we were going back and forth. We got a couple of topics with the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Ring of Honor G1 show coming up. We got some, uh, some Evolve we were watching. But, no, this week we're going to talk about the hot news, the, uh, the NXT invasion on uh, Monday Night Snore, if you will. And um uh, and W and SmackDown Tuesday night. Um it was announced, was it announced earlier during the day on Monday that the NXT superstars are gonna be on Raw? Yeah, I wasn't I, I think what I had heard was some of the NXT superstars were backstage. That that was all that I heard on Monday. And then sure enough, as soon as the show started, Triple H announced that uh Alistair Black, Ricochet Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were going to be wrestling on that show and making their their official Raw debuts. On Tuesday, I believe that WWE put it out on, on Twitter that some of the folks would be potentially on SmackDown as well, and it was the same, ended up being the same, the same four guys. So those particular wrestlers had matches on both Monday and Tuesday's shows. I don't know if you hear that. That's the clicking of my pen. This is my new gimmick, by the way, because I got some stuff here and I got a pad and I got some notes I want to talk about. Is that a personal pad or is that company? Is that a company pad that you've that you used? What are you, a narc? Let me alone. Uh, true or false? Did Triple H have a say in the matter whatsoever? You know, I, I don't. I've read different reports from the dirt sheets that indicated Vince. And if you don't want to get your person. sheets dirty. You'll go to bluechew.com and type in the pro. Sorry, it was a dirty sheet reference. I mean, the joke writes itself, Joe. Come on. Am I allowed to continue what I was saying? Or? Yeah, my bad. Go ahead. Okay. So I I heard that Vince, you know, apparently asked for these wrestlers to come to Raw and SmackDown this week. There's some reports out there that Triple H was not aware they were going to be called to appear on the shows. Uh, I read another report that indicated. I guess Vince wanted Ricochet to wrestle Finn Balor on Monday instead of teaming with him. And that was changed to a, to a tag match with Ricochet and Finn Balor teaming together. So who knows what parts of those, you know, those stories are true and not true. I guess the one good thing I can say, and we can get into some of the specifics of the debuts is, you know, n- none of those guys lost matches uh, on these first two nights, which I feel like that's a good thing because, you know, if you want to try to keep these guys special for some period of time, whether they stay up on the main roster or they, you know, they come back full time later on in the year, you don't want to have to bring them up and start having them lose right away. Cause that's just going to leave a bad taste in the audience's mouth. I would agree with you completely. And I think 
Vince thinking Ricochet versus Finn Balor is a good match just shows kind of how out of touch he is with everything because you you put the title on so would Ricochet have won? Would he have lost? Would it have been like they gotten attacked and then wound up to a, a tag match? It's a little tough because you don't you don't want Finn Balor to lose. He just won your title on Sunday night, and you wouldn't want Ricochet to lose because he was, you know, he's debuting. So that's like to me, that's a match that you build towards, and that's a match that could sell out, you know, uh, any any arena. That that that's a once in a lifetime kind of NXT takeover Mania weekend or a WrestleMania itself match. So I don't know that I would do that. Um, interesting opponents for all of these guys to beat. Uh, Sanity, dude, Eric Young, come on, man. Like, what, what, the guy. <laughs> You think it's because they were bitching on the internet? You think that's why? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure maybe that could be part of it. It could be that they wanted some of these guys to work with wrestlers that they had maybe worked with before in the NXT system, you know, because they had Aleister Black defeat Andrade on SmackDown. Um, you oh, know, they I, had D- well. DIY uh, beat The Revival on Monday. So, you know, I mean, they, they mix it up a little bit. Um, I know on, on the different shows, as far, like I know Cesaro and Sheamus for DIY on Tuesday and Elias for Aleister Black on Monday. But, you know, it could be something like that. It could just be familiarity with working with them before or just that those particular guys, you know, um, weren't doing anything at the moment and they wanted to try to have a good match and, and put it out there, with the exception of the Elias thing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that could be why. I, I don't know. I mean, I, personally, I wouldn't have sacrificed, like, Andrade to lose to Aleister Black if you're trying to push Or the Revival, yeah. right? Like, you, you just you just put the titles on them and you have them lose clean in the center of the ring to – I. and the other thing, Ciampa, all of a sudden he and Johnny are baby faces? Like, I, it seems like there wasn't, like, a continuation of his gimmick whatsoever. Listen, I don't – I love the idea of what WWE is doing. Um, your show sucks. Your ratings are declining. People are tuning out. What are you going to do? Your hottest act is NXT. You're going to bring the best guys from NXT over to Raw. I have no problem with that whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, I love what they did because I think Raw was one of the better shows in quite some time. And SmackDown was great this week. But at what expense? Like you, And for God's sake, what is going on with Lacey Evans, Joe? What is that about? She's getting the big push, bro. That's what I hear. That's the rumor. So she just walks it. Poor heavy machinery. Okay. Because those guys are, are dead in the water. EC3, I forgot about them. You had like months of build for these, for those particular talents. It was Lacey Evans, EC3, heavy machinery. Who am I missing? It was, yeah, those folks, uh, Nikki Cross, and uh, it was, I was supposed to be Lars Sullivan, but that did not pan oh, out. Oh, and the obviously. freak. The, uh, yeah. So you had like literally months and months of build for those guys, and they're all literally toiling in obscurity. I think Nikki Cross is doing something with Alicia Fox, uh, and jobbing out left and right. And now you have you, you hot shot the rest of the NXT crew on Monday. What? But there's no there's no plan for it whatsoever. Like to me, I think you and I had a conversation about this. I. You would you like the way they're doing it, like announcing these people coming in with the video package. I think that's a great idea too. 
However, to me, one of the best things about the Monday Night Wars and all that stuff was you never know who was going to show up, so you kind of had to tune in because some cool stuff might happen that you weren't expecting. You're telling me in the middle of an Elias promo, the place goes dark and Alistair Black's music hits. They're not – well, actually, the Mississippi crowd's not going to go crazy for anything because it was the worst crowd I've ever heard. But you put that in, in a state that understands what's going on, like the lights go out. Alistair Black's music hits. You do that in Jersey or in Philly or New York or something like that. The place is going to erupt, and it gives you a sense of unpredict- unpredictability. Now you have – you know what's going to happen, so you're just waiting for it, and you're kind of waiting on your hands and knees all night. That's one. And then two, instead of bringing half of them to Raw and half to SmackDown, you announce everything for Raw, and then you kind of leave SmackDown with the leftovers. Like there's no more brand split anymore. So there's – I love what they're doing. I love the matches that we saw, but I think there's a lot of – there's no clear, concise path for what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit on something I, I was going to bring up too, which is you know, the, as much as I enjoyed seeing these guys on, on Raw and SmackDown and, and they all put on good matches and, and most of them got pretty good reactions. I know the crowd on Monday was very dead. But, yeah, the, you know, those crop of NXT people that they brought – they were bringing up right after they had that whole uh, McMahon promo with and Triple H where they said they were going to do give the fans what they wanted and, and all this stuff. And then it was like, oh, here's some superstars you're going to see from NXT that are going to come up. And I know Lars Sullivan had some personal issues and that didn't work out. But, you know, now these these acts, right, it's like you said, Nikki Cross kind of came up. They haven't really done much with her. She lost a couple matches already. So that's no good. You know, Heavy Machinery is basically a comedy team already which i could see that being the case but again like maybe put them in some matches that they can win and get over a little bit they've done nothing with that ec3 wrestled dean ambrose twice and split those matches um so it's just like they have not and now they bring up you know these four nxt wrestlers who who yes i think are a higher caliber of superstar than the ones that they were advertising but maybe give it a little bit room to breathe like see where you can fit in a guy like ec3 on the roster like put him in a few like maybe let him work some matches or angles now he didn't even appear on last week's raw so you know that's one of the things i guess i i I did not like about it is just that it kind of now overshadowed those other folks with the exception of lacey evans i guess um and to you the know, casual a, fan, sorry to interrupt, let me ask you this um, as your opinion. To the casual fan, do you think the previous group of people, like if you didn't know about them, like you know, you're just a strict um, Raw or SmackDown viewer, you don't know about the NXT guys, do you think the casual fan thinks the previous crop is more important because they had that month, month and a half of buildup, whereas these guys are like, oh, P.S., this is who this is? Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think if you're a casual fan or a young fan maybe who doesn't watch NXT, right? I mean, that's that's what you need to see, right? You need to see or be informed about some, some sort of background on who these people are, right? Whether it's a, a vignette, you know, a backstory, just a, a video, whatever it is, right? Whatever these guys are supposed to be, you, know, you want to see some background on, on, you know, where that way, when they debut, it's like, okay, you know, EC3 is this rich guy and, or, you know, Lacey Evans is like this kind of old fashioned, you know, uh, woman. So, or whatever, like heavy machinery of these, like, you know, heavy weightlifting goofballs, whatever it is, like you want to see. Thanks and weights. You know, yeah. So when you when they debut, you know who they are. Now, I guess maybe with folks like Ricochet and Gargano, Champa, and Aleister Black, like maybe they thought the audiences would know who they are, and they only kind of showed stuff about them just before they made their debuts in the ring on Monday and Tuesday. I don't know, um, but yeah, I think it's better to have those things to see, like, oh, these guys are are coming to you know Raw and SmackDown. This is what they're about. Show some highlights, and then that way when they debut, even the casual fans have an idea, like, oh. 
I saw commercials for that guy or I saw videos on this guy or whatever. And now you've got some familiarity as opposed to, you know, people just kind of showing up and, and not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. I think you're bringing in so many people like they, so the previous six and now four. So realistically you brought in 10 acts. I think you could have went half and half. I think you could have maybe announced some of them were coming and the other ones could have been like a cool surprise. Like, you know, Alistair Black for is definitely because of the way he looks. I think he would have been a, a really good surprise. Um, but I don't know. And the thing that this drove me absolutely uh, PG um, bat poop crazy. When Stephanie McMahon is in the ring with women, she's she's already tall as it is. Right. And you got her wearing these like six inch heels. So she like towers over Sasha and Bailey and that kind of stuff. And they love to bring that up. They love to bring up the size thing. Why are you bringing up Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Wrestling, who are mid to lower mid-size guys, and putting them in the ring with Cesaro and Sheamus, who is probably your biggest tag team? To me, like if again we're talking about the average fan, you're like, oh, who are these uh, two hundred five live dudes? You know, wrestling. Like, I, I, I think they're focusing too heavily on that, like um, on that size dynamic, and people might not take them seriously. And it was just strange to be seeing them in the ring because they look like a different breed of human next to uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. They did, and and they the announcing on SmackDown made a point to bring that up several times during the match, which I think added to that uh, idea. Now they ended up winning the match, which which is great. But yeah, like you said, they they pointed out the size differential and how these guys, you know, what could they really measure up? I think it was even Tom Phillips specifically, the play-by-play guy that was bringing it up a few times, which I thought was a little strange. So what's with Tom Phillips? Yeah. So it's just, so that, that type of thing. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I, I would worry about those guys, you know, long-term, um, you know, the revival came up and I think in their debut, they beat the new day the night after WrestleMania. Yep. And you know, they had a couple opportunities. I know each of the guys got hurt at different points when they were supposed to be getting a push. And perhaps that made Vince or, or other people sour on them. I, I don't know. But, you know, I, I mean, I think realistically, all everybody that comes up to the main roster for the most part winds up in the same booking pattern, which is either, you know, you go 50-50 yeah, exactly. with people or you get a losing streak gimmick. Basically, those are the things that they that they go with. So there's not really a lot of guys they bring up that they let be dominant and look strong for an extended period of time to actually get them over to a main event level on the main roster. Did you hear that report of one of the agents? It, again, this is dirt sheet. I don't read the dirt sheets. It came up my, uh, my Facebook feed. What about one of the, uh, what one of the agents said about Alistair black and the Elias match. I did not hear that. Uh, there was talk from one of the dirt sheets that one of the agents had said how ridiculous it was for, Alistair Black to be in the ring with Elias because um, Elias is so much bigger than him and he would kill him. And it was a joke that Elias had to sell for Alistair Black. Now, I'm not saying that's true. I hope it's not true. But if you have that kind of ideology and you're an agent or a producer, you suck. Like, you can't have that like 1985 mindset um, anymore. It's not all about size. You know, it's about skill. It's about how they are in the ring. And in a real shoot, um, Tommy and AKA Alistair Black is probably 
uh, one of the more well-rounded, um, one of the more well-rounded uh, fighters actually in uh, in the WWE. Kyle O'Reilly, he's one of them too. He trains a lot in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Bobby Fish had kickboxing fights. So some of these quote-unquote smaller guys are some of your toughest guys. So I think it's just such a dated uh, mindset to think that just because they're smaller, they can't be taken seriously. But what do I know? I'm not a booker. So it seems like we might have lost Joe, but that's okay because what we are, we're a team. Actually, we're a tripod. No, no, a tripod. When you kick out one leg, we all fall. So, um, the other, there are a couple of other things that, you know, when you watch SmackDown, like I feel like there's so much more freedom on SmackDown for these guys to just go out and be themselves. These guys to have a little bit longer matches. Like um, Almas and Black had a great match on. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Almas and Black had a great match on Thursday Night SmackDown. So you have like Almas and Black opening the show, and then you have the six-man tag at the end where Kofi gets the big win. Like as far as a two-hour show for SmackDown, it's probably the easiest show to sit through. Three hours and 15 minutes of Raw, three hours and five minutes, whatever it is, it's a lot. SmackDown, you have segment after segment. You have matches with guys that people want to see wrestle. The matches are quick. I don't love the uh, the whole commercial break with the uh, you know the match in the picture in picture, but you know it, it's cool and it just it it really does feel like a almost a different promotion compared to your Monday Night Raw, and I think that's good. I think it, that feels fresh, but I think when SmackDown is becoming your fresher show, you have to treat it a little bit better. So I think you have to you can't just be like, hey, these guys, you know. Eight people are coming up for um, Raw and SmackDown. And I think, you know, you should break it up and do maybe you get three or four for Raw and you get three or four for SmackDown. But when you do stuff like that, it just feels like SmackDown is the is the um, the redheaded stepchild, if you will. No offense to any redheaded stepchildren. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough one for the redheaded stepchildren out there. But, you know, we meant no offense by that. That's. Oh, no, I meant a lot of offense. I cannot stand redhead stepchildren. I'm just kidding. I have I have zero uh, zero animosity towards the stepchildren of the world. Joe, how was your uh, your lost connection? Everything I good? I feel great. I'm good. I'm feel refreshed, literally and figuratively. Did you um, have to uh, poop? Was that what it was? Was it was it a poop issue? It was not a poop issue. It was not a defecation issue. You know, it was just a, or, an internet connectivity issue. That's it, man. ICI. You got to get rid of that that jobber internet you got, man. Listen, the jobber internet holds you down. I don't know that I appreciate you mocking my internet connectivity here. I don't know house. if I appreciate your internet connectivity dropping us off. What I was saying before we were so rudely interrupted by your jobber internet is that it. It really feels like SmackDown is almost a different promotion than Raw. When you sit and you watch like the show back to back, like to me, it feels like SmackDown is more of that pure wrestling show, and Raw is more of that sports entertainment show. Well, I think that's generally been the idea over the years, uh, but SmackDown has not has, I think, at times been that show, and at times been not consistent with it. I.e., our truth as the United States champion on SmackDown. So. That title was kind of going back and forth between Nakamura and Rusev, and now it's on 
our truth and I haven't seen our truth in several weeks. So there's things that they need to clean up in, uh, in that area, just because sometimes they have shows that are strong on in-ring product where they were doing stuff with Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Um, but other weeks they do stuff that's a little bit foolish, um, like the R-Truth thing or, you know, maybe some silly angles, but I think at least when you see stuff like with Daniel Bryan on that show, you know, his angles and his storylines seem to be more geared towards in-ring quality. Uh, you know, he's put over guys like Mustafa Ali and most recently Kofi Kingston. And uh, now they're actually thinking about potentially going with Kofi Kingston as a, you know, as a world title challenger mm-hmm. at Fastlane and potentially beyond. So I think the fact that they do value in-ring work a little bit, more on these SmackDown shows, especially with the championship. Um, it is evident at times. They just need to be more consistent with it. Speaking of the whole Kofi Kingston thing, first of all, kudos to Kofi for his display. Um, you know, he had a great showing in the gauntlet match last week. He had a great show on the Elimination Chamber. Joe, let me ask you this. And uh, how can I – I'm going to phrase this very carefully. Here is Kofi Kingston worthy of – the main event at Fastlane. At Fastlane? I mean, sure. You know, why not? I think, you know, he... Fastlane is a, I guess what they call a B-level pay-per-view. So I don't really have much of an issue with him getting a shot if he's got a a little bit of a wave of momentum. The timing is a little interesting in being that it's the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. But I guess it's just that's how things have worked out. So, I mean, as far as being a challenger on on, on a level show like, like Fastlane... I mean, I don't really think I have much of an issue with that. Um, do you find Kofi to be a great professional wrestler? I think I think he's a very good professional wrestler. He's been really good in, in the tag team with New Day for several years. He had some some good matches as a singles competitor years back, and you know he had a couple of pushes in that regard. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's ever really gotten a shot at the main event level, except for that feud with Orton that he had, which kind of. You know, after that, he kind of got pushed well back down into the mid card uh, for various reasons. So, I think he's a really good wrestler. He's he's a veteran. He's been around a long time. He's very entertaining. I think this is probably his first real legitimate shot in a championship program. So, I think we'll see what he's what he's got in him. But I, I think he's more than capable of putting on quality matches with uh, Daniel Bryan, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Well, to be fair, I think I could probably put on a quality match with Daniel Bryan based on Daniel Bryan, but. Um... What? What? I'm just. I'm just. Listen. I like Kofi. I find some of his move set to be uh, lacking. Uh, however, the crowd is behind him, and I think it's the right idea because if the if Vince really wants to give the the people what they want, they'll put Kofi in the title picture. But for there to be this outcry that there was among the uh, smarks on the internet that Kofi didn't win the title at the uh, elimination chamber. What Dude, like dude, wrestling fans are very, very fickle, 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 fickle creatures, man. I, I couldn't believe that everybody got so mad that he didn't win. I was like, the dude went from like, literally the only reason he's in the match is because Randy Orton stomped on Mustafa Ali's face. That's why he's in the match. So, do you, I mean, not listen, not that they write for more than three weeks out anyway, but do you think the WWE is going to change their booking plans to Mania a month and a half out because the crowd likes Kofi Kingston? No, they're not. However, 
they don't they you probably really don't book that well that far in advance anymore at this point um yeah i'm not sure and listen we uh, we have no idea as far as what, what goes on behind the scenes that you just read stuff as far as the rumors of what's planned it seems like they don't really have a plan for daniel bryan at wrestlemania or whatever the plan was supposed to be is 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 changed so i've heard various different names thrown out there as far as who his opponent's going to be at wrestlemania so i I don't know if they have it, like you were saying, right? Do they have you know, a plan for Brian at WrestleMania and they're just kind of filling in time until they get there? Or do they not have a plan and they're just coming up with ideas as they go along to see, okay, who's going to be the best fit in that spot? Or if it's somebody that's injured, are they ready to come back? And, you know, so it may just be one of those things where they're like, yeah, let's just do this for another few weeks and then we'll figure it out in March in terms of who's going to be his challenger because they already have the universal title match set and they already have the women's title match uh, in that program you know, progressing. Oh, you're sounding a little bit like a robot over there, buddy. sounds <sighs> like you might have a uh, job or connection again, but in terms of long-term booking, I'm going through and I'm watching Saturday night's main event from like 87 and 88. And now knowing how it all ends with Hogan and Andre and then how they get to Hogan and Macho at WrestleMania five, it's amazing to see how they planted the seeds of that feud two years in advance. Like it, the, they had the forethought to be able to book that so far out. And I get it. There's so much more content now. It's definitely a lot tougher to do, but it's really cool to see the continuity back then, how those little things mattered and how one week at WWE is like, now like, Oh, we're going to do this. And it's like, uh, all right. So Elias is the face. Now he's going to be a heel. And we're going to get, you know, so it's like, I think, you know, less is more in terms of the writing. But listen, if you're telling me that Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, um, Ricochet, you know, the Nikki Crosses and the Revivals, they're going to be the people that are focused on Raw and SmackDown going forward. I really think, you know, it's going to make for a better product in the long run. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And hopefully my connection is a little bit better now. But uh, no, I agree. I think that's you know, it's interesting to see. I guess what their their plan is going to be if they even have a plan going forward, and what superstars they're going to feature, whether it's main roster guys or they're going to really put a lot of uh, stock and time into these NXT call ups. You know who could benefit from some extra time on television, Joe? Uh, you and me. Yes, but Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis Bennett. I don't know who Mike Bennett is. The prodigy, the miracle, Michael Canellis. There you go. Oh, Mike Canellis of 205 Live fame. I don't know. I, I watch where put the guy. I just watched 205 Live before we got on the air here tonight. So that's where you're at in your life? Yeah, it's it's been rough, buddy. It's been a rough <laughs> state of affairs. That's fantastic. Well, listen, before we, uh, you know, depress the audience, we're going to, uh, we're going to get it out of here. Listen, are you watching raw? Are you watching SmackDown? Are you watching NXT? We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you think in regards to this whole call up thing. Are you worried about the future of NXT now? That's something we didn't talk about either. We'll leave that in the comments. You know, let us know if all these guys leave NXT, who does that leave Joe? That means you got the undisputed era, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, possibly Cassius Ono, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> Velveteen Dream, <laughs> D R E A M. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be called up, soon, you know, sooner rather than later. But I mean, that's 
you're taking a lot of talent from two from um they gonna be saying two oh five live. You're taking a lot of talent from NXT. Is that gonna hurt the show? Probably not, because NXT is doing just what they do and stealing people from Ring of Honor left and right. Oh, I said it. I said it and I meant it. Listen, at all night long rest WP, all night long WP on Twitter, on your Instagram, Facebook.com slash all night long WP. And go to YouTube, type in All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. And for the love of God, subscribe to us on there. We're five or six away. Listen, for another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, he is your host with the most and the worst connection ever. He's a stallion. I'm this enforcer. And we, yeah, we're tapping out this week. <laughs>